Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you are joining us. This is the Tulsa World Weekly Scene uh, podcast slash video chat. Uh, I am here with my colleagues, the lovely and talented Grace Wood and the lovely and talented Jimmy Trammell. And we're here to talk about uh, some of the things that uh, are coming up this weekend that you can read about in uh, the Tulsa World Scene section available at uh, fine retailers everywhere or online at TulsaWorld.com. Um, we would like to start uh, on a lofty note and, and, and head for the birds, which I think, uh, Grace, you've been uh, digging up some stuff about that. I have, yes. Um, my story this week is all about birds and how people can kind of attract different species of birds to their yards using bird feeders. Um, Oklahoma is actually home to almost 500 different species of birds. Some live here all the time, um, some migrate through here, and spring is just a really good time to see them. So I talked to a couple people from the Tulsa Audubon Society just about, you know, what kind of birdhouses are the best, um, how to set them up, what kind of food to use, and things like that. And we also talked about like the importance of native plants and how having native plants like oak trees around can kind of help create more habitats and food sources for birds of all kinds. So that's like a really important thing too for bird conservation. And we also dispelled an important myth about hummingbirds too, which is right. interesting. So um, make sure to go check out that story this Saturday. The myth of the hummingbirds. Well, were you interested in birds before this? Or are you out there with, with binoculars twitching, as they say? <laughs> you know, I wasn't much of a birder before this, but honestly, learning about all these birds is really interesting. And I'm thinking about going to get some hummingbird feeders for my front porch because there's some kind of hooks set up like along the front of my porch that just don't have anything hanging from them. So I think maybe putting some hummingbird feeders in could be a good thing and then I can up my birding game. So <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about you, Jimmy? Are, 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 are you a fan of our avian neighbors? Um, I did buy a comic book copy of The Raven uh, with uh, <laughs> Vincent Price on the cover and was stunned when I got home and opened it up and it was autographed by Vincent Price. Oh my. Uh, a wonderful surprise. So that's my bird story, The Raven. <laughs> well, since uh, uh, we've all been uh, confined to, 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 to quarters since uh, March of 2020, uh, I have been staring out at the same vista of my backyard for three years now. And um, that made me dig out something that I found in, in the piles of books that I call furniture. Um, <laughs> uh, there we go, birds of Oklahoma. And I've been counting off the ones that have, that have shown up in my backyard and I'm up to 35 now. Wow. Wow. Um, the, uh, you know, cardinals, we get a lot of cardinals, we get a lot of robins. Um, Brown thrashers are 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 a big are are like my backyard because apparently I don't rake enough, which means that ants will congregate under the leaves, and that's their favorite food. So I'm saying, by not raking, I'm keeping the brown thrasher population alive. 
that is my story. I am sticking with it. <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll get, well, okay, okay. One thing I want to, but one other thing I want to ask about the bird feeders before we go. Um, the times that I have put out bird feeders, they have very quickly become squirrel feeders to the point that the squirrels would come to the back door and knock and give me this look like, you know, could you put out the stuff, you know, with the big, with the black sunflower seeds? We like that the best. Um, did he give you any tips about how to uh, counterman uh, the squirrel population? Honestly, I wish I had a better answer for you, but, you know, I did talk to the, who I would consider the authority on bird feeding, which is the president of the Tulsa Audubon Society. And when I asked him about this, he said, you know, it's really not even worth it to try to battle the squirrels. It's a losing battle. It's not really going to get you anywhere. The squirrels, like, will just inevitably find a way. So you just kind of have to deal with it. That's just a part of it. And he says you should just lean into it. <laughs> so right. I wish I had a better solution. But yeah, that's how flying squirrels evolved. I mean, they, they, they couldn't get over the fence to get to the feeder. And so they grew wings and descended upon the bird feeders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something tells me he got that out of a comic book. But uh, uh, well, I, 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 one thing that uh, I, one thing that does work temporarily and can also be entertaining is uh, if 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 it is if your bird feeder is like on a pole, uh, coat the pole as thickly as you can with Crisco shortening, and. And just watch the, watch them try to shim, shimmy up the the Crisco laid. It can be quite entertaining. But anyway, <laughs> speaking of entertaining, Jimmy, talk us about something that is actual entertainment now. Well, uh, in my past life, you want you want me to go with uh, Marshall Moses? Is that where Let's we're going? Let's go with Marshall Moses. Okay. In my past life as a sports writer, which I did for twenty five years at the Tulsa World. Uh, uh, and inevitably, the people you meet come back around in your life again uh, in some capacity. One of those people is Marshall Moses, who played basketball at Oklahoma State. Uh, I believe his senior year was about, oh, I won't even, well, instead of me guessing and getting it wrong, I'll just say that he played for Sean Sutton and Travis Ford in that era. But uh, back in his day, Marshall had a nickname of Lava. The name Lava was given to him because of the uh, hip-hop rhymes that kept flowing out of him like lava. His teammates gave him that. And he is still uh, erupting with lava and has started a business that has basketball and music components in addition, in addition to other things uh, here in the metro area. He played overseas for 11 years. Now Marshall Moses is back in Tulsa. Uh, as uh, His brand name is Soul Body Meta. Uh, SoBodyMeta.com. We'll have a story about Marshall and what he's doing now. And basically, where where is he now? Marshall Moses' story in Friday's Tulsa World. Okay. All right. Well, uh, the Signature Symphony has been looking for its next music director, speaking of music. And the uh, final candidate will be in town uh, April the 23rd. Uh, his name is Scott Seaton. Uh, and he is, uh, will be conducting a program that will range from uh, Love Songs by the Beatles to the Symphony Fantastique by Berlioz, uh, which is quite a range. 
Um, and we'll talk to him about uh, how he got into music. He uh, grew up primarily in, in Nashville and uh, never heard a live orchestra perform in, in, in never heard an orchestra in person until he was in college but he knew from the start that he wanted to be a conductor because he thought um the band director standing up there waving his arms had the best job so we'll talk to him about 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 what's all the things that has brought him to this point in point in time um now there uh there is a project coming up soon. Uh, I believe Jimmy, you know something about this. About uh, speaking of, of bringing music to a new audience um, and and using music for education, uh, the Cherokee Nation has are are are, is, are they involved with this or is this a, 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 a it's it's a partnership it's a partnership among uh, two or three different components. But uh, I, I just got back from a press conference is what you're talking about. It's, right. it's really a unique idea. It, it would be a tragedy, we would all agree, if the Cherokee language were to fade away and just vanish from the face of the earth. And there are very few Cherokee language speakers left. Well, how do you reach uh, kids with this language? How do you reach young people with this language? Uh, music. I mean, obviously, you know, kids, uh, adults too, love music. And if you have an album full of original songs that are sung in the Cherokee language, maybe this starts a hunger for young people to go out and learn the language themselves. Uh, it's going to, this album will come out around the Cherokee uh, national holiday, uh, around Labor Day weekend, but it's going to be 12 albums, 12 tracks, I'm sorry, of all genres, but every song is going to be sung in the Cherokee language, which is really cool. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Well, I know that the, the, the Cherokee National Children's Choir, um, they perform not exclusively, I don't think, but they do perform a lot of songs uh, in the Cherokee uh, language, and, and they've, they've been all over the country. So, well, that, that, that's a neat thing. Now, uh, and I, speaking of, 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 of indigenous art, the... Um, Reservation dogs are are the, are they still look casting? I saw well, some notice that they were they were looking for actors for uh, the coming season that's currently being filmed. I haven't written this yet, but they just got nominated for a Peabody Award. I saw that uh, today. I need to bang something out on that. But uh, yes, they are. They were they issued a casting call this week. They needed three people for a part, so filming is ongoing. And I suspect we'll see more uh, casting calls as as needed when they shoot season two of this uh, series that I love. I'm sure you, others love it too. It's made quite an impression as well it should. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a good show all around. Uh, well, um, speaking of, of to, 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 to move on to, to, to baser uh, uh, concerns, everybody needs to eat. Uh, and we are going to have a story about, uh, the new Mondo's, which is one of the city's oldest uh, restaurants. Uh, the Aloisio family founded it in 1969, ran it until 1997, and then reopened it in 2012. They've now um, 
opened up the first their first building that they've actually owned so they mm -hmm. own the building for the first time um but if you've ever been to the 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 bricks brickside mondos uh, you're going to find that it's bigger but it's basically exactly the same uh, the walls are filled with family photographs the plates are filled and then some with uh, all the classics of uh, Italian American cuisine. Um, that's one of the things that uh, uh, the owner said when they made the announcement that they were uh, going to build a new restaurant. That their their patron said, "Don't change the menu and don't change the atmosphere." So they'll be pleased with that. And then we'll go uh, out east to a another family-run uh, restaurant. This by a uh, a mom family, it's called Yang's Asian Restaurant. Um, it's one of the few places where if you want, you can buy a whole roasted duck head included. So that'll be, it's it's a little startling to see, I, I must confess, but we'll find out about that uh, in, in an upcoming issue. So. so we've gone from feeding the duck, feeding the birds to roasting a duck. <laughs> the the duck. There you go. It is, it is. It is full. It's the circle of life. Please do not start singing. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that'll wrap us up for this for this week. We want to thank you all for uh, joining us for this. Remember, we're available on Apple and every other place from which you pluck your pods off the internet. So, um, on behalf of uh, Miss Wood and Mr. Trammell, we bid you a pleasant good day. Behave. <laughs>